Hello, friends, and welcome to the Encouragement Outpost podcast. This is your host, Dr. Georgia Pointer. And before I even begin, um, I want you to know, I want to reference you, I want to point you to a reference that does a better job uh, of certain portions of today's episode. Excuse me. Today we're talking about 2 Timothy 3.16. And in this episode, I'm talking about, you know, how all scripture is given by inspiration of God and so forth and so on. And that kind of venture off into a little bit of apologetics. And I realized that I was way out of my league, (laughs) that I was not doing a very good job of explaining everything. And there are people who are much smarter than me that God has gifted to do that better. So I want to point you to a video on YouTube. It is called Why I Choose to Believe the Bible. And it is by Vodi Balcom, V-O-D-D-I-E, Balcom, B-A-U-C-H-A-M. I think it's Grace Family Baptist Church. He does an excellent job of talking about some real, real ways um, that we can know that scripture is reliable because there's so many false teachers out there and people who don't even know, you know, who not even really tried to read the Bible, who are, who are trying to say some things about it to deter people from reading it. And so I want to point you to that resource. I really do hope that you will take the time to listen to that. Um, He says a lot of the same things over and over again, and and you'll understand why, because it's so very important. And it also helps you remember. Um, Scripture says for us to be ready to give an answer for for the reason why we believe what we believe. And I believe that Dr. Falcom does an excellent job. So I really do hope that you will check out that resource. So now on to today's episode. Thank you. Hello, I'm Dr. Georgia Pointer, and you're listening to the Encouragement Outpost podcast. Today is episode five in our series in which we are looking at different verses in the Bible that contain the word all and the exciting implications and applications that we can make to our lives because of that powerful word. And today we're looking at 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 16. And it says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be complete or perfect, adequately supplied for every good work. I paraphrase that last one, (laughs) that last verse, that last part of that verse. But listen, I love, love, love this verse because it tells us some very important things that if we will listen to them, we can have great benefit. Two adjectives are used to describe the word of God in this verse. The first one is inspiration or God breathed. Friend, do you realize that the scriptures are from the mouth of God, that he is the one who breathed into them? That is, a, that is an adjective that cannot 
be said about any other writing. Now, you may read a book that was written by someone and you may think that was inspired or that was inspiring, but it's not on the same level as the, the Holy Scriptures, of, as, as God's word, as the Bible, because God himself breathed into those words. He, he, he moved those men who wrote the Bible. Now, there are people who say, how can we be sure that this is, this is really God breathed? How can we really be sure that this is inspired? Well, friend, it can become a circular argument, but you know that the word of God is the word of God because of what the word of God says about itself. And one of the one of my one of my my uh, one of the verses that I get most excited about in talking about this topic is found in Second Peter, verse one. I'm sorry, chapter one, verse twenty one. Second Peter one twenty one, and it says, "For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit." So God's spirit moved human beings along, guided them in what to say, and it became the word of God. They didn't say, you know what? I think I'm going to write this. And then God said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to make that the word of God. No, God inspired them to write those words. It wasn't by the will of man. Y'all, anybody who says that the word of God is just a book that was written by men is giving human beings way too much credit. (laughs) No person, no human being can be wise enough in his own strength to write the things that God has had written in these precious pages. Friend, the word of God tells us so many things. Okay, I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay, so the first, the first adjective is God breathed. In, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it says that uh, all scripture is God breathed. The other adjective that is used in this verse to describe the scriptures is profitable or useful. This means that these words are advantageous, advantageous, that they have some use for you, that they can serve you well. Now, one of the things that I was struck by as as I was studying this verse is that humility is what is required in order for you to reap the benefits of these words. And I also am struck by the love of God who would go to the quote unquote trouble of providing these words for us. Friend, if God can create the universe and he can and he did, if he can create a beautiful flower if he can create the macro world and the micro world and everything else in between, 
if he can create those things, if he can create the, 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 the planets and put them all in space and in order to where if, if something ever got off, we would either freeze to death or we burn up. If, if God can do that, then friend, we ought not have any trouble believing that he can preserve his word. And the reason why I say that is because sometimes people say, well, okay, the Bible used to be the word of God, but now it's been corrupted. It's been corrupted. But if God can inspire someone to write the scriptures without error, does it not stand to reason that he can also preserve that word? And if you ever want to to study a very interesting topic, you might want to look into the topic of canonicity. Canonicity, C-A-N-O-N-I-C-I-T-Y. That is a topic that talks about how we got these 66 books in the Bible. How did those particular books, because there were lots of letters that were written. There were lots of things that were written, you know, back in time. How is it that these particular books managed to become to make to make the cut. How is that? And you will be surprised to see that there was a consensus from the very beginning amongst born again blood-bought believers, people who were truly followers of Christ, the spirit of God in them recognized the canonicity. They recognized what was scripture and what was not. Because these books have something special about them that the other books fall short of. It's like those other books, they eliminated themselves because they did not have the same inspiration that the word of God had. Now that does require faith. Yes, it does. But how can you say that you believe in God and not believe and in and, 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 and the biblical God and that he has all power and yet believe that somehow his word can be corrupted to where you cannot trust it, that he will not preserve that. So what is this marvelous book? What is the Bible profitable, beneficial, advantageous, advantageous for? It lists four things. And friends, they are marvelous indeed. First, it says that all scripture is profitable for doctrine. Now, doctrine, people act like that's a dirty word, but it's not. It simply means teaching what you need to know. I will never forget, I was sitting in a big box store. I mean, sta- standing in line at a big box store. Uh, hobby store uh, a couple of years ago and there was this young couple behind me and the line was moving rather slowly and so uh, you know when you're standing there that long you just kind of look at whatever is on those end caps and stuff you know things that they hope you're going to pick up and take to with you to the register to purchase and one of the things that was there was a children's bible and it was written like a comic book And uh, I had already seen it, you know, because I was in front of this couple. And so I moved forward, you know, and then 
I didn't look back or anything, but I heard the, 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 the lady pick up the book and she was flipping through the pages. And I remember what she said. Excuse me. I don't remember what she said to the guy she was with, but he suddenly piped up and said, that's indoctrination. That's just indoctrination. That's all that is. And I was thinking, dude, you said it like that's a bad thing. Friend, doctrine is what is, a, is, is the set of teachings that you need to know. Now, if I were to be sitting in a driver's class and we were looking at the, uh, the driver's manual, nobody would say, that's indoctrination. That's just not right. What do you mean that's not right? It's the stuff that you need in order to pass the driver's test. It's what you need. It is a set of teaching that you need in order to achieve a particular goal. So friend, God in his great mercy put his word in a book. And wise are those who read it to find out the teaching that he put in there for our benefit. It is the truth. It is it is the grid through which we see all of life. And again, I'm telling you, it takes humility because our culture and and, and human nature doesn't want to be told what to do. They don't want to they don't want to be told that this is the way things are supposed to be. They want to discover it for themselves. They want to figure it out for themselves. But friend, that can be taken too far. And it also smacks of arrogance. The idea that you have enough knowledge to, to know all there is to know. That you, don't, that you don't have a spirit that is teachable. That you can figure everything out by yourself. Now, of course, any illustration can, can, can break apart at some point. Now, you know, there is, there is something to be said for exploration. There's something to be said for, for, for self-discovery and for learning what you're, what you're capable of and what, what not. But friend, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. If you start at that place, then your journey toward self-discovery and the discovery of the world will be more beneficial because it will save you so much time. Because there's so many things in the scriptures that say, don't do this. Don't do that. That is, that is not wise. That is foolish. And so if you can start out with those principles in mind, my friend, you can avoid a whole lot of stuff and, 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 and not have to, to make the discoveries that only fools make. Do you see what I'm saying? If without a driver's manual, you'd be getting tickets all the time because you've been all doing all kinds of stuff that just makes sense to you. But with a manual, you know what is expected what are within the parameters of what you can and cannot do. So doctrine or teaching is one of the things, one of the things that the word of God is beneficial for. The other thing is reproof. Now that's, that's not a word that we hear oftentimes, but when you see that word, think about strong evidence of what is right against what is wrong. Okay. It is, it is, it is the standard that is there that tells you that this is the right thing to do 
And that over there is the wrong thing to do. It's not just telling you the right. It's telling you the wrong. It's telling you what is wrong and why it's wrong. Have you ever had somebody that you're sitting at the table with and you take the first bite of food, you got the same thing they got, but the food is spicy, it's really spicy, and they didn't tell you? What kind of friend is that? What kind of a family member is that that won't warn you that the food is hot, that it's going to burn your tongue, that you you might want to get some water first? Friend, God's word reproves us. It, it warns us. It tells us what is right. And it gives strong evidence for what is right over and against what is wrong. And then the next thing that the word of God is advantageous for, that it is beneficial, profitable, and useful for is correction. This particular word in the Greek only appears here in the New Testament. And this word means improvement or restoration. When you make a misstep, and we all do and we all will, you want to know the way back when you do make a mistake. Aren't you glad that God didn't say you made your bed hard, you just have to lay in it? Aren't you glad that there is correction available in God's word? Sometimes we can be so passionate about a thing. We can be so, so convinced of a thing until we look in the word of God and we go, oh, that's not right. (laughs) And there's correction there. Friend, correction is love. Correction is grace. Correction gives you the opportunity to get it right after you've messed up. But if you don't have humility, then you can't admit that you were wrong. Then you're always right, that your intentions were always right, that you, you, do you see what I'm saying? Correction is a loving thing that God offers us in his inspired word. And then this last word, this last uh, benefit of the word of God is that it provides us with instruction and righteousness. Think of training. Think of discipline. Yes, there is correction for when you make a mistake. But there's also training that is there so that you can avoid as many mistakes as possible. What a loving God we have to provide us with his wonderful word, to take the time to to breathe these words onto these pages using imperfect men to write his perfect word. Friend, only God can do that. Only God can use an imperfect person to write his perfect word. So there has to be an element of the divine in order for the writings to be inspired, to be worthy of our attention and our following and our obedience. Now, people oftentimes quote this verse, 2 Timothy 3.16, but verse 17 is also a word that has the word all in it, except yours may say every. But when you look at it in the in the original language, we have the same word there. But 
the way that we express that in our context, we would use the word every. But if you would use the word all, it would be the same thing. If I said pick up every $100 bill off the table, or I said pick up all the $100 bills on the table, I'm saying the same thing, right? So that's what's going on here. So verse 17 says the reason why God has given those things so that the man of God may be, and that word perfect may be your translation or it may be complete, but it has the idea of being thoroughly equipped, fully stocked, given all that is needed in order to complete a task. Friend, God wants you to succeed at life. He wants you to succeed at life. And so he provided his word. And so uh, uh, the last part of this verse, uh, I, I didn't finish quoting the verse. It said that the man of God may be complete or perfect, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Do you realize the implications of every good work? Do you realize that anything that God calls you to do, he is going to give you what you need in order to do it? How loving of him. How wise of him. How magnificent. So whatever it is that God calls you to do, he has promised through his word to give you what you need. Now, this book, 2 Timothy, was written, was, is, a, is, a, is a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to his young son in the faith. Timothy, and he was telling him that the word of God was good for all of these things. And he was telling him that if he followed this book, if he followed the scriptures, then he would have everything he needed to do the task of pastoring those people that were under his care. And you may not be a pastor, my friend, but God has an appointment, an assignment, several assignments for you to accomplish in your lifetime whether it's raising a child, whether it's running a business, whether it is um, going to school, whatever you need, my friend, to accomplish God's will in your life, you can find the wisdom and the instruction that you need in God's word. Friend, there is no place on this planet where the word of God is inappropriate. Now, we do have places in our culture where it's, in, it's inappropriate to mention God's word, to mention Jesus Christ, to talk about God, the, 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 the father of Jesus Christ. But I'm telling you, those principles, they go everywhere and they need to go everywhere with you if you are going to fulfill your purpose and to hear God say, well done, good and faithful servant. So how should then we respond to this wonderful word that God has given us. We want to take it in every chance we get. We want to meditate on it. We want to believe that it is true. We want to obey it. We want to teach it. If you are, if you are a mother of children, you are wise to teach your children the principles that are found here in the word of God. Friend, I'm telling you, it'll help them in, on the school, on the schoolyard. It'll help them in church. It'll, it'll help them in dealing with their brothers and sisters. It, it'll, it'll help them when they grow up and get a job. It, it'll help them as a neighbor. It'll help them as a taxpayer, as a voter. It will help them in every single area of their lives. It'll help them when life gets hard. It'll help them not 
I have to, it'll, it'll help them uh, not get the big head when things go well. It'll, it'll, it'll train them. It'll direct them. It will instruct them. It will build a firm foundation in their lives. And so we want to impart that to those that God gives us the responsibility for, whether we are discipling someone or whether we are raising children. But we also want to incorporate those things into our lives as well. We want them to follow us as we follow Christ. Praise God for his wonderful, God-breathed, beneficial, profitable word that equips us for every good work. If you have enjoyed today's episode, I hope that you will encourage somebody by sending them, sending it to them and letting them know that it was a blessing to you and that you want to bless them as well. Thank you so much for your time and attention today. And I hope you will join me next time as we continue to discover and to look into different places in the word of God where he placed the word all and what that means for us today as 21st century Christians. God bless you. Goodbye.